Um, if you guys have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Um, we're actually starting a new series today called The Gifts for the King, The Gifts for a King. And so um, Matthew chapter 2, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 11. It says this, again, The Gifts for a King. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Israel with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a rule, uh, a rule who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. Um, as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it and the, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They opened the treasures, and they presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Lord, I just thank you again that we had this opportunity to um, baptize a couple people this morning, Father. And we thank you that they were able to make their public declaration of faith, Father, and now I just pray that you'll continue to move in our midst. I pray that you'll continue to have your spirit speak to us as we delve into your word, Father. I pray that we will be people that pursue you and that seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, Father. I pray that we will be people that set you on the throne of our heart, Father. I pray that you will rule over us um, with your majesty and with your glory and with your might, Father. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. And they opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Have you ever gotten a present before and the present maybe wasn't exactly what you were expecting? You know, you got ever, 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 something like that ever happened where you were thinking you were going to get something and when you opened it up, it wasn't at all what you thought you were going to get. I remember when I was in college, I was a poor college student and my mom called me. I was running short on clothes. And my mom called me, and she asked me the size of shirt that I wore. And so I told her, I'm like, Mom, I wear size 16, um, a 34, 35 on my dress shirt. And I'm like, you can also, you know, I also like to wear a size, uh, wear a size larger. So she's like, yeah, 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 yeah for, for sure, Evan, I'll, I'll take care of you. And so I reiterated to her mom, again, I, I would like to get the, you know, size 16 around the neck, 34, 35, and I wear a size large shirt. And so I was excited. I was waiting for the present to come in the mail. It came in the mail and I opened it up, and uh, lo and behold, it was size 18 neck, and it was size 28, 29. 
So even if I, <laughs> I'm like, Mom, this is, you know, come on, like this, or, or maybe, you know, I was talking to this guy the other day at work, and he said that, um, he said that he had multiple cars, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, and he's like, I even bought my wife a car. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. He's like, yeah, I'm a collector, and he's like, I just, I just love to buy Porsches. I'm like, well, that's pretty awesome, and uh, so I was like, so what kind of car does your wife like? He's like, I don't know, but I bought her a Porsche. You know, I don't know if you've ever, ever been there before, or it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you get a gift, and it wasn't exactly what you were thinking it was going to be, or maybe someone got you a gift, and it was like, really, this gift wasn't for you, it was for them. I don't know if you've ever been there before. Um, but I want to encourage you that, that these gifts that the wise men brought were the exact opposite of those kind of gifts. These gifts weren't merely nice gifts, but these gifts were gifts of worship. And these gifts were gifts that were prophesied about really from the beginning of time. These were very special gifts. These gifts of gold, these gifts of frankincense, and these, and these gifts of myrrh were very specific gifts that were meant for the Savior, that were meant for Jesus. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to take some time and talk about these gifts. And we're going to talk about how these gifts still speak to us today. How many of you guys know the Word of God is powerful, it's living and active, right? And so, like, when we read this stuff from long ago, sometimes we read it and we're like, oh, that's nice. That was nice for these people some 2,000 years ago, but this isn't really pertinent for me to admit today. I mean, gifts of gold, frankincense, like, okay, whatever. But, but, but these gifts and the Word of God still speaks today. And so, um, maybe today you're, the first question that you might ask is, who exactly, who exactly were the magi? Who exactly were the wise men? And some of you here this morning might know that wonderful song, We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we travel afar, building fountain more and mountain following yonder star. Casey, help me out. Oh, oh, star of wonder, star of light, star of royal beauty bright. Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. I don't know the next verse, but that's, I think that's how we, that's perhaps what we think about when we think about the three wise men and we think about the, the magi coming from the east. And uh, uh, tradition will tell us that these three men actually, um, that, that, well, tradition will tell us that there were three of them because they brought three gifts. And tradition will actually give us names for them, Casper, Melchar, and Belshazzar. But it's interesting because I don't, I don't want to necessarily ruin the Christmas story for you this morning, but if you actually look at the text in Matthew chapter 2, um, Matthew chapter 2 is actually the only place in the Gospels that mentions the wise men, the magi. And it really doesn't actually say too much about them. It doesn't mention their names, if you look at it closely. It doesn't mention their number, although many of us think three because there were three gifts. And it also appears, if you look at verse 11, that they came to Jesus' house. They didn't visit the stable. So this seems to indicate that they visited them at a later time than the shepherds. I know this might ruin some of your Christmas stories. And so it's interesting because if you do a little bit of historical research, you find out that the Magi were actually a priestly caste of the Medes. They were similar, perhaps, to um, the tribe of Judah. They were advisors to the kings. They were interpreters of dreams. And so you might ask yourself, why would these men from the east come to look for a, a, a savior in Bethlehem? Like, why would, like, I, I don't understand, well, like, why would they come and look for a king? 
And, and how would these men from the East know about Jewish prophecy of long ago? Some have actually speculated the word magi is also connected back in the Old Testament. I don't know if you realize this, but there's also reference of the magi in the book of Esther. And there's also reference to the magi in the book of Daniel. In fact, many people have speculated that Daniel perhaps was one of the magi, one of the wise men. And that when he spoke, to the, spoke and prophesied some 600 years before Jesus' birth, if you take a look at Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says this. So, so Daniel, is, is, he has a vision, and this is 600 years, before the, 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 600 years before the birth of Jesus. Daniel has this vision, and he, he, he wrote down a summary of the vision, and he said, In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Interesting, huh? Coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority and glory and sovereign power, and all nations and peoples and every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So you look 600 years before Jesus was born, there was a magi, there was a wise man named Daniel who was prophesying in Babylon, in Persia, about a king who was going to be coming later. He speaks of him as the son of man. He speaks of him as one who is going to have all power and authority. It's interesting, too, if you really want to delve into it deeper, if you go into the next chapter of Daniel, they actually have a time stamp so that the, so that the, the wise men could have looked for the specific time in place where the Messiah was going to be born. It kind of gives me some, some, some encouragement, too, because when I think about Daniel, here's this, 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 man who was brought, this Jewish man who was brought into captivity into Babylon, and he has this profound effect on the culture there, so that hundreds of years later, people are still looking at his writings and searching uh, for the things that he spoke about. And so the Magi, they were, um, they were great influencers in Babylon and in the Roman Empire. They were men of power, and they were in positions of power. In fact, historians tell us that um, no Persian king was able to become king unless they were, um, uh, unless they were uh, 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 crowned by the Magi. So the Magi were kingmakers. And isn't it interesting that the kingmakers brought him gold? Gold was valuable, it represented wealth, it represented power. Gold was customary for royal visits. Um, and, and, and it's interesting because you look at Matthew and, and there's this, this pattern throughout the book of Matthew where we can see that Matthew, the, his readers were, were first century Jews. And so he was speaking to people who knew the, the, the law, he was speaking to people who knew the prophets. He was, and, and more than any other gospel, he, he connects um, uh, the story of Jesus to the Old Testament. And it's almost like Matthew over and over and over again. In fact, if you look at the Gospel of Matthew, over and over and over again, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And he specifically mentions the gold that the wise men bring. And so he's, he's going over and over and over and over again and, and trying to emphasize that Jesus is the king. That Jesus is the king. In fact, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 9, it says that when, um, it was, it was when, when, when the crowds, this was, um, 
and the triumphal entry, when the crowd saw him, they said, Hosanna to the son of David, which would have been a significant call to the king. In Matthew chapter 27, it says that they, they placed a, a written charge above Jesus' head while he was being crucified that said, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. We see this pattern over and over. I encourage you to check it out in Matthew, over and over and over again, where he speaks of the kingdom of heaven. 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 He speaks of Jesus as being the king. Jesus as being the king. The gold was a gift that was meant for a king. The gold was a gift that was meant for a king. And so I wonder this morning as I read this passage, I wonder this question makes me ponder, is Jesus your king? Is Jesus your king? Do you worship him as your king? Does he call the shots in your life? Is he, is he, is he the king? Is he on the throne uh, or are you on the throne? Is he on the throne or is you in the I see this pattern. Is Jesus the king of your life? I think that there were three different types of people. I promise to be short this morning. Next couple hours, I'll be done. Um, I promise to be short this morning. I think you can see different, three different types of people in this passage if you look closely. And again, you have to ask yourself, is Jesus the king? But you can see three different types of people in this passage. First of all, we can see that, that, that there was Herod. And I wonder, are we like Herod? Can you look at your neighbor? Can, can, you, can you say, am I like Herod? Are, are, you, are, are you like Herod? Maybe not. I wonder, like, Herod? I mean, Herod was a pretty cool guy in some ways, right? I mean, I think he actually kind of gets a bad rap, but he was actually kind of a cool guy. He um, was very powerful. He built the, the, the massive fortress known as the Herodium. You should check it out. Um, he, uh, he built several aqueducts that provided water into the city. He um, was a gifted administrator, and he was a gifted uh, visionary. Um, he was, I mean, in many ways, he did a lot of wonderful things for the area. I mean, minus killing babies and, you know, trying to kill Jesus and all that stuff. But, um, <laughs> but it's interesting because when you look at King Herod, his kingdom was a kingdom of self, wasn't it? Like, I'm going to build this for me. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to build the Herodium for me. I'm going to, like, and, and if anyone's going to get in my way, I'm going to, it says that he killed his wife says that he killed his kids, said that he killed a bunch. Like, he was nuts. But it's because his kingdom was all about himself. Do you feel like the kingdom of, the, the, the spirit of Herod is still around today? Like, did you see the kingdom of self still today? It's like, the kingdom is like, you know, I'm going to do what's good for me. I'm going to, I don't care what other people think. And, you know, this is my truth. This isn't your truth. And this is what I like. And this, I don't care what, what you like. I'm just going to do whatever I need to do to get to the top. I'm going to step on whoever I need to, to get where I need to be. I'm going to build my kingdom. I'm going to build up my bank account. I'm going to buy that nice Porsche for my wife. I'm going to do all these things for myself. The kingdom of self. Man, if I just get my 401k up to this amount, man, and if I just get rid of my wife, 
right? <laughs> I love you, sweetheart. If I just, if I just, if I just, if I just, if I can just build this business to something amazing, that like the kingdom of self. Herod, the kingdom of self. It's interesting. I wonder, it, it, the kingdom of self, are, are we like Herod? The, 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 other, the other interesting people that are, are mentioned here is actually um, not only um, Herod, but, oh, I just lost my spot. But also, um, there are the religious leaders, you know? And I would, I would almost label these people as the kingdom of religion. You, you look at it, when, when, when Herod heard the news from the Magi, Look at his response. When, when King Herod, in verse 3 through 6, it says, When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And they were disturbed because he was a wild man. And when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And look, they gave him the exact answer. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they, were, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. You know, think about the religious leaders, and they were educated. They had all the head knowledge. They had all the right answers. They had the law memorized, and they followed the word exclusively. They had these cool tassels that they had on their robes, and they liked to pray really fancy, and they liked to fast really fancy. But they were missing out on the Messiah because they were too busy doing their things. They knew the information. But they were just... I, I know, I know it's, it's, it's prophesied that, that the Messiah is coming to Bethlehem, which is only a few miles away, but I got things going on. I got ah, places to go, people to see, Porsches to buy. I got I got things going on. I'm just I'm just too busy. Like like I, you, you wouldn't understand, you know. I, I work like sixty hours a week. I got like three kids. Uh, I got um you know whatever. I, I'm just super super busy. Like I know all the right things. Maybe I can say all the right things. I have all the head knowledge. I'm educated. In fact, some of these things even make me, make me feel good about myself. Maybe we don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we, do, we, would, not, we would not like to even be, conven- be inconvenienced by, by him, even if he's so close. Kingdom of religion, the kingdom of self. But then you take a look at the, the Magi. And they were looking for a king. They were looking for a king. You know, it's it's interesting because <laughs> they, they they didn't they didn't travel just a couple miles to see the king. In fact, historians say theologians uh, speculate that they probably traveled eight to nine hundred miles to come and visit the king. Eight hundred to nine hundred miles, and this was before transportation was. And even today, if you're going eight hundred nine hundred miles, it's like. 
It's driving to Minnesota, man. That's a, that's a long trek with kids and stopping and, uh, you know, I got to go to the bathroom and everything. But eight to 900 miles in ancient times would have been insane. But they were looking for a king. And they were looking for a king not to just talk about. They weren't looking for a king just to uncover and go back and tell their friends, oh, you know, look who we found. We, we finally figured out the prophecy. Can you believe it? Like this prophecy from 600 years ago, the Son of Man. And, you know, we, we see that uh, we kind of added up the, the weeks and we added up the days and we saw the star and we figured it all out. High five. Let's go back and let's just go chill. You know, now that we figured it out, let's, let's, let's go to the local, you know, restaurant and eat some, uh, I don't know, chicken pot pies. I don't even know. Like, we're just going to go do our thing, and we're just going to have a... That was a terrible example. Um, we're just going to go do our thing. We're just going to, you know, yeah, like, we figured it out. Yeah, 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 high five, you know. It's like, have you ever met someone? Like, you do one of those... Um, we did one of those um, um, uh, escape room in a boxes. Some friends right over, and we finished, and we're like, yay, high five. No. They studied, and they were looking for the king, and it says that We have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Are you looking for the king this morning? And have you come here this morning to worship him? The scripture is speaking. The scripture is ministering. Although these these passages were written so long ago. I think God's word is still speaking today. And the worship team can come back up. God's, God's word is still speaking today. By the way, we have cupcakes out there when you guys leave. The word is still speaking today. The word is still ministering today. So uh, just to, I encourage you guys. The word is still speaking. The word is still ministering today. You know, it's interesting because when, when you look for Jesus, you will find him, right? When you search for him, you will find him. When you search him in scripture, it says, when you search him with your whole heart, you will find him. He can be found. He's not lost, but the Lord can be found. In fact, it says that he's as close as the mention of his name, right? And when you find him, when you worship him, you look at, look at, look at what happened to the wise men. This is kind of interesting, but it says that, um, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And as I read that, maybe I'm reading into this too much, but I almost feel like once you have an encounter with Jesus, you leave a different way that you came. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, the, maybe the way that you came was a specific way that was difficult and hard. But once you come into a relationship with Jesus, there's a transformational work that happens. When you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, there's a transformational work that happens. When, when you come and you search for him and you find him and you, and, and you just seek his face, there's a transformational work that happens. I think there's a reason why they brought him gold. They brought him gold because he is the king of kings and, that, and he is the lord of lords. They brought him gold, and I think the reason that, that Matthew mentions this over and over and over and over and over again is because he's trying to tell his readers that this is the king, that this is the kingdom. When he, he says, well, when you pray, say, um, uh, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like he's speaking over and over and over again. Who is sitting on the throne of your heart this morning? Is it self? 
Is it good works? Or are you letting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords sit there? God, this morning as we close up this service, I just pray that that you'll receive the glory and that you'll receive the praise. Maybe there are some people here this morning who have been allowing other things to control them. Uh, Maybe they've been uh, just letting themselves do, make all the decisions. Maybe they've been letting addictions or maybe they've been letting uh, pride or maybe they've been letting uh, hurt, even hurt, control their decisions, Father. And God, I pray today that they'll just surrender to you, Father, that they'll search for you, that they'll find you, that they'll worship you and that they'll leave this place different than the way that they came. Father, as we sing this song one last time, may you be glorified.